You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. All right. Welcome to part two. Part two of my conversation with Charles from Silk Tone Amps. This is a great dude. I was really stoked to have him on the podcast the first time. And as I described in the beginning of part one of this conversation, he had more to talk about once we wrapped up recording. So I invited him back on, and that's where this series came from. So if you haven't listened to that yet, you're going to want to go back to the episode right before this one and check that out before you dive into part two, because, you know, this is a continuation of that conversation. For those that have already listened and maybe need their memory refreshed, on part two, I left it on a little bit of a cliffhanger. It's not like that big of a cliffhanger, but he asked me a question, and that question was, if I could only listen to music that was released within a particular 10-year span in history, which 10-year span would I choose? It was a tough question, but I did my best with it. And uh, yeah. That's where we're at. So let's get right into part two of my chat with Mr. Charles Henry from Silk Tone Amps. Mm, man. I couldn't listen to anything else from any other decade. Oh, boy. Okay, so I'll present this to you in two ways. You can either... Do you want to do it like 60s or 70s or 80s? Or you can just pick 10 years. You know, like 67 to 77, something like that. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, I'll, I'll just pick... T- I'll, I mean, I'll pick 10 years. Um, and this is this is going to sound really weird, I think, to a lot of people. Because, of course, I would pick this decade. Because this is like formative years and all that stuff. But I have... I think I have some fairly solid logic backing it up and we'll see if this holds water or not all right so i'm gonna go with uh 2002 to 2012 interesting okay and so not only is that because like that is like my era right but like also because there's i think you get to you get a really nice pool to draw from not of not only of like the metalcore and punk stuff that was happening at the time that I was super into that I am super into still, but you also have a nice variety of things that were inspired by all the previous decades that you can draw from just an amalgamation of, of everyone else's talent. And and... I feel like that's, I mean, even if you took it a step further and went from like the last 10 years, you actually get a really nice pool to draw from of everything that came before it. It, at least inspiring some other things, you know? Yeah. That, so you can actually sort of cheat and get most of the other decades, at least, at least something that was very influenced by them. Right. That's, that's going to be what I would go with, but you wouldn't get to listen to Prince. I wouldn't get to listen to <laughs> Prince. 
And that would not be good. But to be perfectly fair, I I like Prince. He's one of the greatest musicians of all time. But it's not something that I'm just like queuing up on a regular basis. Oh, so for sure. I think he's, I think I'd be he's, okay. He's not in the decade I would choose either. As as good as he is, uh, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Two thousand two, two thousand twelve. There's a lot of good stuff in there. The uh, a lot of my my favorite bands released stuff. They were around before that, but they released really good stuff in that decade. Um, Yola Tango put out some really good stuff. That's one of my favorites. The White Stripes put out most of their stuff in that decade. That, that's a that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, all the you got a lot of really cool ambient stuff coming around, like around that time too. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of good punk stuff, you know, some yeah. of the, uh, you know, the, I don't know what you want to call it. The emo revival stuff, like just before the hot topic emo, you know what I yeah. mean? Like the hot water music yeah, type of thing, yeah. you know, you got, you got that stuff in there. So really, the, really why'd nice. you choose that day? De- so another reason I've been asking is because it's so you chose that, decade for a reason what are some of the bands that you can't live without from that decade uh thrice <laughs> okay huge <laughs> that's a big one <laughs> they, they yeah everybody knows that yeah, yeah. um they, yeah. It, it's a lot of the stuff that i've talked about you know a lot on here hot water music lawrence arms uh thrice under oath just you know all the classic you know white suburban kid from <laughs> that era's right. bands <laughs> yeah yeah Right on. Like I said, yeah. it does not make me unique or special like I thought it did. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. The yeah, the I I'd probably choose the seventies, somewhere in the seventies. Either 70s the, the entire seventies or like sixty-eight to seventy-eight, something like that. I'd have to look. Sixty-seven to seventy-seven. No, probably like sixty-nine, seventy-nine. Uh my favorite bands, like my big time favorite bands aren't in there, you know, but most of the bands I like are in there. So Mm -hmm. you got your, you know, early black Sabbath all the way to, you know, all their good stuff. That's so weird to think about that. I wouldn't be able to listen to black Sabbath. Right. That's a huge one for me. So it's like, eh, (laughs) would I trade black Sabbath for everything that came out after the, you know, the eighties and beyond. (laughs) And then at the end of the seventies, you have, you know, most of the really good stuff. I wouldn't be able to listen to Nirvana. No, oh. no Nirvana. Yeah, that'd oh, be a bummer. Nirvana's huge for me. Even oh. in my decade, you couldn't listen to Nirvana, so that's a bummer. But you could listen to, you know, Neil Young. You could listen to most of the Beatles stuff. I don't know if you like all that. Oh, but, yeah. uh, but also, like, all the great stuff from the 80s both basically started in the late 70s. So you got your Talking Heads and your Ramones and your Misfits and all the stuff that I like like that. Um, all your really early new wave blondie, all that stuff. I, I guess I could um, get my bad brains and my black yeah. flag from that era. Yeah, okay. black flag, seventies, seventies. I think had the most. Yeah, just all the different genres that really came to light in that era, and you have like the 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 big sixties bands did a lot of their really good stuff in the seventies. You don't get their sixties stuff but you get their 70s stuff. So you get a lot of that too. So I think it's when most of the really good people were around. Yeah. And it's also the seventies is a really interesting time period, right? Because as much as we want to talk about now, and don't get me wrong, this is still true, but like recording access and music creation access has never been better. There's never been a better time to be a musician 
ever, like ever. Plus all the tools, plus the wonderful amplifiers that we have access to. Now, <laughs> you know, wink, like, wink. W- like all of the all of the music tools that we have available are just it's just mind. If you were to take somebody from the the 60s and transport them to now and pretend iPhones don't even exist, like forget about all that stuff. Just show them all the pedals, amps and like, you know, different guitars and recording software that we have access to they would freak out can you imagine what hendrix or the beatles would do with today's stuff it'd be so that, insane. that was just in my head hendrix it wouldn't that be funny though too if like maybe the magic of hendrix came from the limited resources that he had you know maybe if hendrix were around today he would go nowhere because he'd be so damn overwhelmed <laughs> I doubt it. I think he'd be no. I think he'd still. I think he'd still crush it. <laughs> I think he might have like like. Uh, I think he'd have like a huge pedal board. I yeah. could see. I could see Hendrix going like shoegaze. Right. You know? Yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Do but, you like? Do you like all the traditional like tone gods and stuff like your Hendrix and Clapton and Jimmy Page and all that? Mm-hmm. Like, as yeah, far as yeah, I generally do. I don't. I I can't say that there's any of those people that are icons that I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't like it. I, I can, I can either re I am either just as obsessed or I uh, can appreciate it. I, I can't think of anybody that people are like, Oh, his tone's so good. And I'm like, gross. His tone's terrible. I can't right. think of anybody like that. There's so. definitely people where I'm like, eh, like, yeah, he's undeniably good, but I'm not into it. You know? Right. Well, but, there's uh, definitely that. There's, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely that. Oh, I was going with a, a thought and I, it left me for a second. Oh, sorry, sorry. Where I was going with, oh yeah, the seventies. So oh, right. the seventies though, is when access to recording technology became much, it's don't get me wrong. It was still not available like it is now, but it became much more available. Oh and yeah. I think that's why we see this huge burst in creativity because not necessarily because some of this music wasn't being created, but it's the first time it was able to be put down. Dude, the production quality stepped up so far. Like you listen to your Steely Dan records and stuff like that. And it that that blows me away still. Like the recording quality alone, like never mind the music, just the production quality. And maybe this is something that I can say because I have this crazy fancy system, but I, you know, everybody knows their stuff is produced really well. But like I used to not like Steely Dan. My my uncle was always super into it. He was always super into Steely Dan and Captain Beefheart. Uh, I loved Cap- Captain Beefheart. Never, never quite got into Steely Dan until I heard them on my stereo and was just entrenched in sound, d- crazy realistic sound. I was like, whoa, like it made me look at it in a whole different light. And now I love that stuff. Um, but yeah, you get into the multi-track stuff and the really clean uh, preamps and just different technologies. They started coming up with and then you got your amazing producers of that time too so 70s yeah it really opened a lot of doors i was just thinking there's another band from the 70s that i think a lot of people i mean a lot more people know about now but uh i definitely discovered them way way late is death oh uh, yeah not the metal band no the, no the, death, the, yeah. the like first punk band oh like, they were so sick they started in like 71 or two something like that and that uh I, I mean i like most people discover them through the documentary um so i'm not claiming any uh hipster cred by <laughs> knowing them before they you know before they were cool 
but man, that band is so good. Yeah. And like I, 71, 72, you listen to that. You're like, what? Yeah. What, what the what, hell is it? So ahead of their time and like way ahead. to the point where they weren't given credit. Like everyone's like, nah, you know, no, nah, you don't get a shot because that that's just the way it goes. Or I don't know. I didn't watch the documentary. I just am making the story up in my head and that's how it went. I mean, um, kind of, they were, I mean, it was like, nobody knew what to do with them at that point in 1972 right. can you imagine hearing that 1972 yeah. and oh, being like nuts. uh this doesn't sound like paul mccartney that's like even even black sabbath gets me on that one at 67 they came they were around with, with their their self-titled album like look at everything else that's out in 67 and then you have black sabbath that's <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make any that's sense that's insane <laughs> How, just the opening track on on their you know self-titled with the rain coming in it's so doomy there's no doom music back then. No, <laughs> like, no. It's so good. Um, it, yeah, death. A friend showed me. I don't. I don't. I'm not claiming hipster cred either. I didn't. I didn't discover them on my own. Uh, but I mean, I guess everybody discovers it through someone else somehow. Uh, a friend of my, my friend Chris, showed me. We were at the record store, and he was like, "Dude, have you checked out this band?" And they, their record got released. I think it was like for the first time ever. Um, I don't think it was a re-release. They just never released it back then on like full scale. So um, after the documentary and everything, it came out or whatever he said. It's a great um, doc too. Maybe maybe I'm it. wrong. Maybe I will. Yeah, but I love the last track on that on that album. Oh my! I forget the name of it, but it's so so good. Yeah, it's a, that band does the, doesn't make any sense. I'm yeah. like, and also like, where what? Wait, why? Why did I not find out about them until you know? And then it makes you wonder. How many other groups are like that? Right. How does it get past you? There's. I was obsessed with like like '90s, late '80s, early '90s, like like shoegaze, alt rock, like type stuff. I got way into that stuff like a decade ago, and there's still bands that I'm finding that are like, how the hell did they get past me? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's weird. And then yeah, again, '70s. You got uh. I got really into Fleetwood Mac in the last in the last few years, um, just Stevie Nicks in general. So that's I would miss I would miss that quite a bit. So t- that's a tough question. I I stand by what I said, but I I I'm gonna there's gonna be a lot of stuff that I can't have. Yeah, Nirvana's a big one. The '90s would be rough because the said, '90s that's I where I grew 90s, up. So. Yeah, that that's probably my second pick would be the '90s, just because there's just an abundance of good music coming out of the nineties. You know, one thing uh, that's been coming up, it's, it's a really weird coincidence that this has been coming up so much, both in like the Facebook group and just general conversation. Um, I do the chasing tone podcast every week with, yeah. with Wampler and, and Richard. Uh, and it's been really fun having Richard on board with that shows really really been a lot of fun this year right uh, um but we he got a comment i can't remember which member of the band it was but brian got a comment on one of his youtube videos from one of the members of uh presidents of the united states of america oh weird yeah. i was just listening to like peaches the other day <laughs> and and then like weird so we started talking about that and like how you know this that band's great and all this stuff and then it just keeps coming up like it keeps coming up and I know I'm bringing it up this time, but I just wanted to make this observation on the air. Like for some reason, presidents of the United States of America keep coming up in like the last two weeks. I've talked more about that band than I ever have at any point in my life. 
(laughs) (laughs) And I forgot how much I love that band. Yeah. What's so cool about them is that they, they like, as like serious as Nirvana was, this just it actually was on the, an episode with Andy Ferris, the guitar geek here, just that will have come out. Eh, I'm not sure exactly when this episode's going to air, but it's back in the feed. Go check it out if you haven't listened to it. But he, he mentioned how presidents were so cool because they made great music, but they didn't take themselves so seriously like the 90s kind of bands did. They're right. just like, oh, we're we're artists and look at yeah. us make art. And yeah. I'm not saying that that's not cool or uh, okay at all. It's just the presidents were really refreshing. But they're like, yeah, we're going to make music and we're also going to like talk about little dune buggy in the sand. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a, yeah. they're just such a good band. That's why I, that's part of the reason I like Yola Tango. I've been talking about them a lot. Um, the, um, I was I was actually joking around with with Ryan from Demos in the Dark, and uh, or I was telling him that's trying to just become my go to for like because so many people ask me what's your favorite band and oh my god what a drag of a question sometimes because it's I like know. dude what day is it what what mood am I feel how much coffee did I have today like what I don't know uh, but rather than scramble around for an answer I've kind of just like adopted them as just Yola Tango what's your favorite band Yola Tango like that's just that's my go to. Um, just to have a cut and dry answer. Cause I hate when people beat around the bush with it. Um, and that's a big reason. Like they have such a different style of music. Like, first of all, they've been doing it since the late eighties, early nineties, and they've not gotten bad. Like there's, they just released an album. that's great. And it like, they do crazy noisy stuff, crazy shoegazy tracks. And then they'll also do like jokey little, like, little cover songs like you know speeding motorcycle like daniel johnson covers and stuff and they don't seem to take themselves seriously at all and it's just a really really genuine band that i really like they're one of those bands out there where i'm like why would i ever make music because they nailed it (laughs) and then there's other bands i love where i love them just as much but i'm like i could do this (laughs) you know like (laughs) yeah I i could make music yeah, that, and then um, and then there's like Leonard Cohen where it's like, why would I ever try to write a song? <laughs> I, I go back and forth on that so much. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the stuff I'm making is valid. It's good. And then it's like you like him or so yeah. many others like, OK, go back in your hole. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't need to now just put it, put the guitar down, put it down, put no, 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 put it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you what are you trying to do here? But yeah, and I mean, I'm having like some major imposter syndrome stuff. There's, I don't want to talk about it too. I don't want to jinx it, but there's some people who have uh, said that they would help me with this collab record um, that I'm like, you will like, okay. Yeah. I've been listening to you for like 15 years. Yeah. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try not to make it weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imposter <laughs> syndrome's weird, dude. It's a real thing. It's, <laughs> It's uh, a a oh, lot of I get, I get it hard. I think oh, we talked about it last time. Actually, did we? Okay, yeah. I was gonna say I think I think I talked about this with someone because yeah, like I a lot of big CEOs get that. I was reading and just <laughs> yeah, thinking, that's me. Yeah, people, that's yeah, CEOs. yeah. <laughs> but just people or just people in a position of of uh, I think everybody kind of gets everybody. it. Everybody, yeah. I guess I guess that's true. But it's then. The, 
just it feeling feels like, like are they going to find out that I don't know? What I'm doing? Right, right. Don't they actually know that I don't actually know what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. That's like like with amps and stuff. Like people ask me questions, and like when I think of myself and my knowledge of amps, I feel like I it's like magnetism and stuff. I don't think anybody knows what magnetism is. I've studied it. I think people know enough about it to know that they don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> like, it's that, such a weird a, phenomenon. That was a magnetism. And like we all made fun of insane clown posse when they said they magnets, how do they work? But actually nobody does know how they work. No, so. nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. So I kind of look at it like that, like amps and stuff. Like I have a general idea. I know enough to build a great amp. You know, I, I know, I don't know all of the crazy, insane physics that actually go into like, creating a vacuum tube like thinking about that like how did tesla do what he did back not the company the man uh back right in the early 1900s and or late 1800s or whatever like taking something from nothing you know like black sabbath before him with doom rock and the, uh, how do you do that how do you just take a concept and just fall on it like i i don't get that so like thinking about my limited knowledge of it, I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know anything. But then I talk to people and they ask me questions and I can answer all of them. So I've come to realize that like, Oh, I guess I do know quite, quite a bit of stuff. Um, but I, I see myself as a very much a student, you know, just learning all the time there's, there's so much that goes into it that I still have no idea like how it really actually works. All I want to know is where do you put the crystal lattice? (laughs) Where do right. you put it? Yeah. That's a Dumble reference for anybody yeah. who doesn't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> got to put the crystal lattice in there. Yeah. It's the only way to make these amps work as far <laughs> as I understand. <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a big thing. I think a lot of people experience it. And, you know, I, I, I go back and forth on it. Sometimes I'm like, brush it off, brush it off, brush it off. But then at the same time, I do think that a certain amount of that is healthy and it and it prevents you from getting on a high horse that you shouldn't yeah. be on. And I think that's that's important because you know the people who don't experience that are much more likely to be like, <laughs> how awesome I am. <laughs> you know, look at me. I got right. look at me. Hey, everybody, look at look at me. Yeah. I got I am the man. And nobody wants to be around that guy. Yeah. Nobody, nobody does. It's absolutely funny. nobody yeah but yeah just... it's a uh, yeah it's 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 a thing and i i think more and more people are talking about it and we're all real i didn't know it was a thing until what maybe like the last three four years i, I mean obviously i knew that i was experiencing it but i didn't know it had a name or that other people experienced it what? i just oh, thought the it was imposter me. syndrome yeah. yeah exactly yeah it's crazy such a weird 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 thing it's a it's a humble thing it's nice i always like to know that that people experience that as well because it's overwhelming sometimes when people look to you for answers or or just with respect that you're like wait when did i get this when did i get a seat at the table you know (laughs) yeah i know i know i get questions sometimes people call me and they want to they're like what about this and that i'm like aren't you supposed to like take some sort of uh business guru class for this i don't know like you know, I was a mechanic, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. It, yeah, I do my best. I just, yeah. I just do my best. Well, a lot of it just comes from experience. You know, you have experience now building businesses or brands, you know, with your podcast and everything else. It's, 
the uh the crazy business skills that i've had to i never took a business class you know uh but launching a brand like like you've seen like you have to get into different stuff like like with the amplifiers for instance like not only do i i have you know over a decade now of of amplifier and like circuit experimentation experience that that kind of went into this um so it's hard to give people quick answers when they ask how something works it's like dude i don't know read about it for 10 years i'll, I'll answer <laughs> what i can but i'm a terrible teacher i just know because i've i've learned it um but the other skills involved in like launching an amplifier brand like building my own website and and marketing and uh learning how to use a laser, you know, because I got my own laser engraver, like learning, learning all the production work on that. And I had to calibrate mine because it came from China and didn't come very, very well calibrated. So like you gotta, there's so much stuff as a, as like a production company kind of like I'm becoming, um, that I have to get into that I never considered when I, when I thought I'm going to, I'm going to start making amplifiers, you know? So you learn those skills over time and you find that you can answer a lot more questions like you with the podcast. People look to you for like, I know I've asked you questions about the industry because you've been in it longer than I have technically. And uh, there's stuff that I'm not really sure how it works either. So I'm like, how do people normally do this? How do you approach someone? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really weird thing too, because like, you know, you, you signed on to build amps, right? That's what you wanted to do. And now all right. of a sudden you're having to pick out fonts. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do like dabbling in graphic design, uh picking out fonts and like yeah, your your artistry kind of comes through and then at the same time like just the brand of like what you want it to represent. Like, okay, do I want to be super serious and appear as like a large company or do I want people to know that it's just me and you know, me and a helper in, in my workshop garage like doing stuff on our own? Um, appearances can be important, but I, the way I look at it is if it's not fun, then I'm not doing it. So I'm just going to do me. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's a, I mean, yeah, businesses, businesses are funny. I remember, you know, cause I have so much fun with like trying to sort out different problems, whether they be, you know, logistics or, you know, branding, like, okay, what if we move this, this word over two centimeters this yeah, way. Yeah. That, you know like i have fun like i'm not a graphic designer but i i feel like i have a pretty good eye for where i want things to go yeah and there's so, a sweet spot yeah for sure and, and so like i can i can work with somebody and and get to where i'm i'm wanting to go i can't really do it by myself but i have fun with all those problems and like i have fun you know, trying to talk through these things like, okay, well, we can't source this from this where can we substitute this part for this part? Can we do, you know, like, what can we do? Because I don't want to sound like, I don't know, overly confident or whatever, but there's almost always, and it may not be perfect. It may not be what you want, but there's almost always a solution somewhere oh for sure there's almost always something you can do to resolve whatever the issue in in business is that you're encountering it might not be fun it might be expensive <laughs> it might be you know insert all kinds of other caveats but there's almost always a solution or a way around a particular problem and i i have i have some fun talking through those things with people it's it's a weird part of my brain maybe it's like maybe it's uh the 
part of mechanics that I liked, which was like solving problems, figuring out what the problem was and what I was just, I was just going to say that I was just going to say that that's become my favorite part of the business. Like it might come as a shock to some people, but I don't particularly enjoy building the same exact amp over and 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 over. It's, you know, I do it because that's what I do, but my most favorite part of the business is, is the design aspect and, and solving problems, you know, um, if a production issue comes up and, you know, I have to source something or, or, you know, fill a gap that I enjoy that way more. Like I enjoy the, the solving a problem and developing a new idea rather than revisiting the same one over and over. So, um, yeah, that's, that's been cool. It's been cool. Like trying to grow the dealer base and learn how that works. And like right now, I'm expanding my, my social network, basically just like, yeah, people I know, friends I'm making and, um, launching new amps that that's been keeping me super entertained and all the pedals I'm working on and stuff, just because it's like, I have an idea of the way I want to do something. And I'm like, well, how the hell would this circuit work? And I have to experiment and figure it out. And I have so much more fun with that rather than the actual build process. Yeah. Because the building of the amp is kind of like the end game. Like, yeah, it's trivial. Once it's done, it's done. Like I can do it over and over and there's no, you know, you develop skills like soldering and, and, and wiring and doing stuff like that. And, um, but it's not, there's nothing that I have to figure out, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I'm it's... a problem solver very much. That's why I got into rock climbing so much. Like I said, I don't like gyms all that much. Uh, but, with the rock climbing, like it's not just climbing up a wall. Like there's stuff to do where I know I'm strong enough to do it, but I can't figure out how to get there. You know, like you, you move your foot a certain way or turn a certain way. It's like a puzzle and you have to try and find the shape or the movement you have to make. So that's why I like dove into that and super enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Just with anything, I think it comes down to, like you said, just like with mechanics, just being a problem solver. That reminds me, I went bouldering with my sister one time. Oh, nice. I was terrible at it. <laughs> I was really, really terrible at it. It takes was, work. Yeah. I was like, I can do this. This will be fine. And it's it was hard. Like, wow, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. Like you said, I'm strong. It's like, I'm, I know I'm strong enough to do yeah. this. But How I can't, the hell do I get up there? How do I get my finger in there? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. That's why I loved it. Like, there was nothing better than like, coming up to a, like a problem or a wall. That's what everyone calls them at, at the gym. Like, Oh yeah, yeah I'm working on this problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, and you go up and like you said, you, you know, you're strong enough to do it, but I can't do it. I can't make it up. But then the next week you nail it. Oh, that was so satisfying. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I so think I, again, of things that I could get really into. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I was talking to my wife yesterday about this. She's like, uh, I can't remember the context of it. It was, either like when both the kids are in school or something, she's like, I'm going to get like, well, I'm going to need something to do. I'm like, I've never like needed to find something to do. Right. It's not, it's never been a problem for me in my entire life. I always know what it is that I would like to be doing. Uh, 
and uh, I was like, I wish you could have some of my hobbies. Like, take them from me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not using them enough. They need uh, more love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have so many that that you can't. Yeah, you can't give them all yeah. the attention. And I could get real, real into anything. That's like what we were talking about earlier. I could not anything. It has to be interesting to me. But there are so many things that are interesting to me. I could yeah really lose myself. So I kind of have to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah did you did you play video games a lot growing up or do you know no nah, i i played really a, i played a little bit um of halo and stuff when the xbox first came out right but i've never been a big gamer at all at like at all um i think i got really turned off of it by i i you know it's probably 10 years ago we we would go over to people's houses to hang out and like, oh, we're having a bunch of people over. Come, you know, eat food and chill. And I thought we were just going to hang out, have good conversation. And yeah. all of the dudes would just like go into the other room and just play video games. But they wouldn't be playing video games. One guy would play and everybody else would watch. And I'm like, oh, please shoot me in the face. This is the most <laughs> boring thing that I could possibly imagine doing. I wanted to hang out with you guys. I didn't want to watch this one dude play video games. And dude, that's you know a what? thing. I, must, <laughs> I think I'm the weird one. Yeah. Everyone seems to like, it's a massive thing. Esports are huge. And I'm like, I don't get it, man. I like, I, I could not possibly care less about anything other than like, what's I understand why video games are fun. I get why they're fun to play. I don't want to watch somebody else do it. Yeah, it's just me for sure. I I miss them. I growing up, I played a lot of video games. I think that's why I'm so good at problem solving. It's like all the the mental obstacles you come with that come with the video games I played. But I go back to them now, and it's like like I'll I still follow it, and I'll hear new games coming out. And I'm like, oh yeah, I want to play that. And I play it for like ten minutes, and I'm like, this is boring. Like I oh yeah, I can't, it can't keep I can't keep my attention anymore. I guess because I have more interesting things going on. Not to say that people that play video games don't have interesting things going on in their life, but there's just things going on for me right now that I'm more interested in than the video games that I loved before. So it's really hard for a new game to come out and like keep my attention. I think Dark Souls is like the only one that can do that in that whole series, um, just because it's so damn hard. <laughs> so I like I like playing it because it's so hard. But uh, but yeah, th- that's a whole thing now. Like I, I don't get it either. Like I always like to play the games, and then I like my little brothers would grow up and they tell me about this video game. I'm like, Oh yeah. Did you, did you play it? And they're like, Oh no, I watched so-and-so play it like online on YouTube. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's huge. What like, do you we're mean? the weird ones. I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 Hey, you know, I used to hate on it a little bit, but I'm, you know, trying not to do that so much because I do a lot of weird things that people don't, don't understand either. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> and so, in fact, I would argue that my entire existence is almost based on, weird things that other people don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. I can't hate on it too much, but that said, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And I'm glad other people get some entertainment out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much where where I am. Whatever you like, I guess. I think I'm going to do what my dad did. I've, I've talked about this on, on the podcast before, but I think what's going to happen is I'm going to not have a game system. Like I have an N64 that doesn't get played. That's like the newest system I have in the house. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to have that for a long time until, I don't know, till my son is eight to 10 years old, I'm guessing. And then 
he'll finally talk me into whatever the newest thing is at the time. And I'll find one game that I really, really like and I'll get obsessed with it and I'll play it all the time and I'll beat it in every which way possible. And then I will probably hang it up. That's exactly <laughs> what my dad did with Halo. He's, oh, the really? only one, he's the only one I know that like he, he's not a gamer. Yeah. Like he's, he played a little bit of Sega and Nintendo when I was a kid here and there and then didn't really play anything else for a long time. Begged him to get an Xbox because everybody had an Xbox and he got one, got Halo. And he's the only person I know in real life that's beat it on Legendary. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then he, but he doesn't, he hasn't played it since. <laughs> so funny. He just, he just, he'll just go in the room and stare at it sometimes, just like drinking coffee, just like, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. I remember when I did that. I watched him do it. I was like, he beat it on Legendary. I don't know anyone that's done that. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, it's hilarious. It takes dedication. It does. It does. I mean, he played it pretty, pretty regularly for a while to get get to that level. I was, I was impressed. (laughs) You're like, Dad, can we do something else? I'm bored of this now. Like, (laughs) I mean, yeah. Even then, they didn't hold my attention quite as much as one might think. But yeah, for for entertainment stuff like that now, like when I just want to not think about stuff. That's, I mean, I'm really in a fortunate position that like one of my deep passions and hobbies has been become my full time job. And so, you know, that's really a fortunate place to be. But at the same time, there does come a point in most days where I'm like, okay, I'm done with pedals. Like I'm done with guitar stuff, like because I've been doing it all day, you know, and that's that is a extremely fortunate position to be in. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying, all right, it's time to be done. And when that when that time comes, I want to focus completely off of it. And so I'll read a comic book or watch a movie, you know, I, something that's a lot more passive, just yeah. to kind of cleanse the brain. And that's kind of where I am. I think video games might be a little bit too active. Yeah, uh, you just kind of want to check where, out. Yeah, I, I kind of want. I don't want to have to like have a skill. I just want to read. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I kind of. That's why I kind of did that because it's like the games I used to like were these big story-driven games with these crazy story arcs. But then when I started getting into more like, like TV shows have gotten really good over the years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, or like different animes or mangas or or like reading comic books and stuff or the whole Marvel like MCU. Um, the games don't really keep up anymore. I'm like, why would I do this? I'll just watch a show. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, they're not really up to snuff anymore. Eh, some of them are, but it's just not, not as entertaining as it could be. The, um, I, it's funny you mentioned that I was, I was just thinking about one of my teachers the other day, years ago, I, I took a few recording classes and one of the teachers was really cool, dude. He was a big, like big time jazz enthusiast. He produced a bunch of jazz records and stuff, uh, in Concord and, um, someone asked him what music do you listen to? Like when you go home, when you're done working, like what, what do you have on? And he went, what do you, nothing. I listen to nothing. I'm so burnt out on, on music and everything <laughs> like that. I sit and stare at a wall and give my ears a break. I'll read or, or do whatever, you know, or draw. And everyone was kind of like, Oh man. Yeah. Cause at the time you got a bunch of obsessed music kids that are like, oh, I would never start listening to music. I mean, like, you know, like I was saying, if you get, to a point where you're lucky enough you get to do what you love all the time you need a break from it sometimes oh yeah i mean 
I'll call I love my children, uh, but I, you know, some, <laughs> it was really nice to go away for a weekend like me yeah. and my wife did here recently. You right. know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, you always, uh, yeah, you always need a break. Even like doing the amps and stuff. Uh, I'll make changes where you know I try one part versus the other, and I listen for a tonal change or more transparency or what I like more. God, you do that all day, or you do it so much, you start to go nuts. I'll start hearing stuff that it, you know, you start to not be sure. So I'll have to call people in to be like, "Am I crazy, or does this sound better?" <laughs> you know, like, uh, you just get burnt out. Well, you have to do it with recording too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's like you get you get done mixing, and it's like I can't tell if it sounds if I should leave this compressor on or not. Yeah. I don't know. I saw, it sounds, uh, and then you come back the next day, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, I definitely needed that course. compressor." What What was I thinking? I saw a funny meme that was a dude at a recording desk, and he was like, "You know, me, <laughs> me after 24 hours of mixing all night long and re- realizing it's way worse than when I started." <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I really, mm-hmm. Or you know that? Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, or you know that feeling where you're you've got a you got a compressor, and you're trying to you know you're trying to use your ears, so you you're just like tweaking and tweaking and I'm like okay maybe well oh no that's not quite right okay and then you are like listening and listening and you realize that you're tw- tweaking a compressor that's not even on anything <laughs> you're like okay yeah all right i'm totally guilty of that i've done it many times i laugh at people like like as you know on the silk tone amp you have raw silk mode and it bypasses the eq um i've seen people use my amp and they're in raw silk mode and they'll be like, Oh yeah. And they'll go to make an adjustment and they'll like turn the trouble down. And then they nod like, yeah, that's way better. Okay. And then they keep going. <laughs> and I laugh because it's like, no, it's off dude. Like, but then I've also done the same thing. <laughs> well, I've done it and I thought it was broke. Why is this <laughs> oh, not? Yeah. oh yeah. I'm in raw yeah. silk mode. I forgot. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Um, so is your, is your recording? Are you talking about that openly now? It, uh, yeah. 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 A little is, bit here and there. Is that moving along? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have one track done. Cool. Um, that is actually kind of it's 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 sort of public. Well, I guess it's not sort of public. It's very public. Um, I, I've talked about this before, but there's a girl on YouTube, so amazing. She, oh, Emily. Emily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I've talked about that before, and I'm I'm sure the listeners have heard me talk about it. Cliff Notes version. She is a harpist, plays pedals, uh, pedal demos and songs and she does a thing where she puts out a harp stem and lets people tweak it and make it into their own thing and i did that and it's on her youtube channel you can go check it out i think the title is like 40 producers one harpist something like that just a really quick note that is actually available on your favorite streaming platforms it's called onboard and you can find it wherever you stream music so go check that out when you get done with this if you have not okay back to the show Everybody on that did a fantastic job. Yeah, uh, it, it was awesome. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that I'm going to take that track. That's going to be on there. We already talked about it. Um, working on one with uh, my friend Devon Blue right now. I'm oh, really cool. excited about. Um, and I don't want to jinx anything else. Yeah. But there's some artists that I really, really appreciate that have said that they would help me out. And uh I'm excited to see if I can't make something cool with them. That's so, cool. Yeah. You start yeah. work out logistics, huh? Are you doing stuff like over, are they coming to the thread shed or like I you wish. just send, send really, traps? Or... I can't afford to fly them out. So right. Yeah. right. <laughs> we got to do it the digital way. 
Yeah. Um, that's, that's cool fine. though. It's cool that you can do that now, you know, like you can build a track and not even be in the same place. It's pretty amazing. And like, it couldn't happen any other way. There's no way that I would be able to, I mean, I'm trying to have, you know, around, around eight tracks or so, um, more if I can get more people, but I want, I want a different person on each track and there's no way that I could, you know, whoever's well especially in, with the times that we're living in um there's no way i could just have everybody over to the studio to do this so right really really stoked to have that come out it's gonna be weird it's gonna be so much more disjointed uh than the last thing um i'm already doing some vocal stuff so that's different and yeah i don't know it's gonna be really weird though, because some tracks will probably be like straight up, like, "Oh, I totally hear this. This is totally an American Cyclops thing," and some tracks are not totally not at different. All. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's cool. I saw you've been playing with some in the box stuff. I, I saw your posts recently. That's been that's been keeping me entertained too. Just like with the new uh, Universal Audio Apollo hardware, I've gotten just playing with the preamps and the Unison stuff, which I highly recommend if you if you get a chance. Um, like you said, just messing with compressors and mixing and, and recording stuff and playing with different preamps that either color or or keep true to the sound and also the the uh internal dilemma of like is it fair to record these demos with, with a colored preamp? Like am I misrepresenting the amp if I do that? On one hand, it's you want to get the most transparent sound possible. On the other hand, you want to make it match what you hear in the room. On the other hand, it should isn't it fair to record it with like like these tones that people are chasing that 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 want to buy this new gear to to chase this tone? They're chasing tones of recorded songs that were recorded through these colorful mic preamps and compressors and microphones and stuff. So why wouldn't you record a demo with that? You know, but there's no standard. There, there isn't. And my go-to has always, always been, especially specifically with demos with recording. I'll do whatever. Oh yeah. Anything <laughs> goes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah. If I'm trying to make a song, there is no wrong way to go about it for me. I'll, I'll, I just ran the whole track through a, through a dirty amp uh, right yeah. and i was yeah. like yeah this is gonna be a great <laughs> intro <laughs> it's just destroyed yeah. uh but uh where was i going oh yeah but for me when i'm recording a demo i'll eq and compress and and do anything and everything to a track in the with with the goal in mind that I'm trying to get it to sound like I'm hearing in the room because there's been plenty of times where I've recorded something, went back and listened to it dry and been like, that's not what I'm experiencing though. Right. Sounds that's, nothing like it. Yeah. It's, or it's like, yeah. oh, this is this is cool, but you you know, you can't get the movement of it. You can't quite feel doesn't feel right. You know, and so and I'll it never will. panning and I just think but you can do a lot better if you start messing with it. You, I've I've got go ahead. I was just going to say, I've definitely like had one like, ew, this sounds terrible. And then I like, you know, panned it and spaced it out a little bit. And I was like, ah, oh, there we go. Yeah. Like yeah. It, sometimes that's all the difference. It's just like taking and like doubling the track and then panning it. And it's like, oh, wow. that Okay. Now that does sound like what I'm hearing in the room. So, oh, for sure. That's a big one. Just like having a stereo presentation instead of it just some to mono completely. Mm -hmm. um, it That's huge. Like 
my uh, my stereo mics, I got ribbon mics set up for room mics, and it's in like a stereo bloom lean array. That was a game changer for like the realism of the recording. Oh my god, it picks up all the room sounds, and it sounds so open like it does in the room. Um, the only thing, so I'm really good right now with the the level of like clean recordings that I'm able to capture. It sounds just like it. it, it it's it's pretty great as far as the tone and and the presence if you're using you know good headphones and stuff like that but um i'm not satisfied with the, the dirty sounds i've been picking up like when i really crank it and you really get the air moving in the room and you can just feel the amp you know that does not come through uh no matter what mic situation i seem to be using um maybe just because i'm listening through headphones or monitors that aren't as they don't move as much air as the amp you know so well, that's the biggest thing with with the plugins that I've noticed, because I've never really used plugins before, and I got this new computer that can actually handle the new plugins, and so I'm like, of course, like, hey, you're the tone mob guy, right? You're supposed to know how, about these things, so, <laughs> right? Uh, and so I've been exploring it a lot more instead of just re- you know remaining on mount only real amp, right? Um, but the my theory has held up. Like I I have tried the modeling stuff in the past and I've I've tried all this all this stuff. And I would argue I would actually argue this too. If you've got your amp in an isolated room away from you to where you can't you can't be in the room and feel it, it's not gonna the experience you're going to have playing it, it will be really similar to a really good plug-in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's such a visceral thing with an amp vibrating the room that is just, I don't think I, more and more I'm just, I'm kind of coming to the conclusion that that's never going to be replicate replicatable. Is that a word? Hey. Replicable. <laughs> Replicable. Yeah. That's the word. I, I, uh, words, words is hard. I words, is, words is tough. Yeah. yeah. Words is very tough, but uh, I think I, I really think that the plugins now, like if you just handed me a recording, and said, which one's the real Marshall? Uh, I'm probably not going to be able to tell. You know? I, 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 my ears are not the best, but they're not the worst. And I, I doubt that I would be able to tell a really well-recorded, dirty Marshall tone versus a really, really good plug-in. See, and that's it. it comes, they've come such a long way. Because I remember plugins from decades ago and... Or a decade ago. I was gonna and say decades. No, no, no. <laughs> like like a decade Vintage ago. Plugins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like plugins, like you plug in a pedal to your amp, you know? Right. Uh, <laughs> the uh no, but I remember like the first plugins that were coming out and they sounded like garbage. Um and but now, even with my like discerning ear, um they're they've come a long way. I was playing around with this uh the unison one where you plug your guitar direct in, and um I didn't I wasn't super crazy about the uh like the included uh, Marshall ones, but I tr- tried a couple demos with like the Fender Tweed and uh, the Marshall JTM 45 and playing through headphones direct in. Um, it was nice. It, it was surprising. I, I It blew me away. I was like, whoa. And so listening back to the recorded track that way versus a recorded track in the room. Um, yeah. Like it, it was pretty close to where if you had the same amp and the same setup, I could I could see it being hard to tell on the recording. Um, 
where it differed for me it, and they they did nail the response too that that was a big one with this uh, apollo and the uh, plugins is it felt like you were playing an amp you know as far as the response goes now it didn't sound like you were playing an amp in the room it just sounded like a kind of a thinner recorded track but you can do things to you know like we were talking about to boost it with compression and and stuff like that but um so for recording purposes that's great um but i find that for creative purposes i didn't like it nearly as much like if you know what you're going to record and you go into it and you're recording um i it's a it's a great tool and i think it could be great for a lot of people and and it's going to sound awesome but if you're if you're creating and you're jamming and you're trying to come up with stuff i find it so much more fun to to play through the real thing you know that's where i i would get a lot of critique and comments from people saying like you know like on the, all the little part changes i i, I do uh people go oh well, you know when the drummer kicks in you're not going to be able to tell anyway so who cares and it's like well yes that's 100 percent true okay, you're not well, going to be able go, to tell go play a line six spider then if it doesn't yeah it, exactly and that's fine and you're not going to be able to tell a tiny little part change but at the same time if you have this amp or guitar or pedal that you love and you connect with, it's going to be more fun to play. So your playing is going to come out better. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's, and that's what it comes down to is just having fun and, and being creative. Yeah. And sometimes that means using like some really primo stuff. And sometimes that means using an old Tysco. Like yeah. it's <laughs> whatever that means to you at, at that time and is going to pull that song out of you is the thing that you need to use exactly that's, it's that's totally it subjective when it comes to creativity for sure but i agree with you on the real amp thing like i you know i'm i'm still exploring the plugins i have some really cool ones i'm gonna get to try on monday that i'm really excited about a bunch of bunch of different amp plugins i won't talk about it just yet since i i don't have don't have any experience with them yet but they yeah. are supposed to be really good and uh i'm excited to check those out and like report my findings because I've been I've been recording with real amps pretty much only. That's the only yeah. way I know how to do it. And so I'm I was like they were like I need your eye lock. I'm like eye lock. I'm like right. I mean, I, I'm like the oh yeah, that? I forgot that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to set one of those up recently too. I was like what? <laughs> yeah, that's how out of it I am with with recording that stuff. So yeah, everything I've ever done has been real amps mic'd up. So this is a new experience for me and. I think that they're fantastic tools and I will use them a lot. I think, especially when I'm like exploring just rough ideas and I don't feel like setting up a whole massive yeah. rig. Yeah. But uh, I think I am guessing that I will probably continue to like for the final product on any song, I'll probably still be doing the real deal stuff. And you do, you set up multiple, you do stereo arrangements a lot and multiple cabs and stuff where you're moving oh, yeah. a lot, a lot of air in the room. And there's nothing that can nail that feeling of, it's an actual feeling. You're feeling vibrations and feeling the, the air move, you know, that's like with attenuated amps versus full blown amps. It's like, I've been working with attenuators and I can get the tone. It's transparent. It's the same tone. I've measured it. I've looked at it. I've heard it. It's the same tone. Still doesn't feel the same. Because right. you're not moving as much air. <laughs> so well, people will perceive it as a different tone because it feels differently. Well, there was a moment on what's actually the first the first song on the American Cyclops record. It, 
I keep referring to these as first song, second song, because you know it's a big weird it's thing. A continuous, and, it's a whole experience. And yeah. no, none of them have names. <laughs> That's fine. I think it's awesome as what it is. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. But the very first song, uh, there's moments on there that probably sound a little bit like guitar, but it's not. It's actually, well, there is guitar on that, but the parts that sound more like a guitar is actually a Rhodes and it's plugged into to two different amps. Oh, and, and so it's not a real Rhodes because I don't have one. But it's oh, like, I was just, I was just, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what? But I, it's, I was we, gonna come to Portland soon. Now I'll come sooner. <laughs> I, I, it's still on my list. But I will tell you the Yamaha CP. Oh, I can't remember the model. I forget the number. It's, it's, it's a electric piano emulator they have. It's a, it's a mini keyboard. Yeah. Um. The roads, the two roads modes in it are so good when plugged into like a, a good tube amp. I I almost think that I I don't know if I need one. I don't know if I need to spend the money and, and take up the space to have a real one or not. Man, it's I really, really good. I almost stored one. It it was so cool. Uh because I did like I told you last time, I think I did uh repairs for all the guitar centers in the area for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I, I got a big uh uh, roads in one time and it was such a pain to move uh is they're very heavy yes um, and i got one in for repair and i didn't know how they worked before that you know i knew how they sounded but i didn't i never really dove into it and then opening opening it up to repair i was blown away that it's just a it's just a guitar <laughs> like, yeah exactly it's just, <laughs> it's just a guitar it's just passive pickups and uh little tubes that you ampl- well not vacuum tubes but yeah yeah mm-hmm. that you amplify like all the all the little pickups on it and it was nuts repairing the thing and it was so expensive to repair that the dude didn't want to pay for it and um i ended up sitting on it it moved with me like two times because the dude didn't want to sit on it so at one point i was finally like okay this is mine now like if you're not picking this thing up or paying me to repair it i it's going to be mine i'll give you like a hundred bucks for it because it's broken and I was so hoping that he just said okay, but he ended up coming and taking it. Oh, <laughs> I was so bummed because I, I would have picked it and it would have been fine. They are such a cool instrument, but yeah, I, I think if I get a nice, I, I might try to scratch the itch. The only problem I have with this Yamaha, the Sonics are great. The only problem I have with it is the keyboard is it's a mini board, so the keyboard's small and they're not weighted or anything. Oh. But if I think I think if I get a nice weighted midi controller which i kind of need anyway for just normal stuff but if i get a nice full key or full 88 key weighted midi controller which i can hook into that yeah i might be okay that'd be cool i think that might scratch the itch especially if i run it through amps but like where i was going with talking about it is i had it running into two different amps all mic'd up and they were turned up pretty loud and I was playing, sitting in my chair, playing these different parts, and I got so into it. I'm, it, it's so so stupid, but I this kind of happens with me sometimes when I get really into things. I ended up on the floor, just banging <laughs> on the, banging on the keys, nice, and like just just going crazy, almost like I would on a guitar. Yeah. And it's and I got done. I'm like I'm probably not going to be able to use any of that. And I listened back and I was able to keep all of it. So, oh, that's awesome. But I mean, I was really into it. And the point, your point being that moving air doing something to you, I don't think I would have had that same response if I had this thing lined in direct. Yeah. Playing headphones. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. You, you, you feel it and it makes you respond differently and you play to it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's something that you're putting out, you know, creating the sound, but then it comes back at you and it's like, yeah, it's just a flow and it goes in a circle and it, I'd never got that plugging straight in to to a DAW. It was really ridiculous. I mean, like literally I was on the floor. My head was on the floor. Like I was like laying on top of the keyboard and just <laughs> like it was, it probably looked like a really stupid performance. If I like would have been on stage, it would have been like, Oh, is it was this guy I think he's in Sonic youth or something. But like, I was, I was really just taken, taken over by the tones. It was sounding really good. And I don't know. I fell out of my chair. What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Hey man, I could talk to you all day long, but I, I imagine you got other things to do. I do. I'm looking at it right in front of me. just like, Oh man, this has been nice because I've not, you know, gotten a break. We've, we've been going over two hours at this point. Are you serious? Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Time flies when you're having fun, man. Oh yeah. We got to do another one. Um, like I said, I'll be coming to Portland. I don't know. Sometime this year, maybe we could do one in person or something. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be super cool. Check out your shred shed. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Sweet, dude. Well, yeah, it was awesome talking. All right. Well, we'll have to do it again sometime. For sure. All right, everybody. For Charles, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right. There's your bonus episodes, everybody. I hope you enjoyed all of that chitter chatter. I know I had a great time talking to Charles, and hopefully some of you got something out of this conversation. I know that was a lot of content to get through this week, so I appreciate you sticking with me up until this point. It really does mean a lot. And if you would like more content, if there is just no limit to the amount of podcasting you need in your ears, and you'd like to help support this show out, please head over to Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash tonemob, for five bucks a month, you can get extra episodes beamed directly to your ears every week. Yes, right in the same player you probably use. It works with like dozens of different podcast players, including the ever popular Apple podcast app. So you can have the bonus episodes come right to you as you need it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all the patrons who support this thing and help keep it going. And yeah. I think uh, that's probably it. If you could stream all the American Cyclops stuff, you know, I would really appreciate that. That helps out a little bit. And um, you could, you know, if you're planning on buying any gear, tonemob.com slash Sweetwater is the place for that. Tonemob.com slash Reverb. I'd appreciate it. Sweetwater especially helps out quite a bit when you purchase through that link. So Please, please, please. But they don't carry everything, and that's why Reverb is great as well. So thank you to everybody who does that. It really, really does go a long ways. And, uh, you know, you're going to be buying guitars anyway. It certainly does help out quite a bit. So there you go. Uh, I think that'll do it for this week. I'll see you on the Internet um, making lots and lots and lots of stuff. So hopefully you guys like it. All right. Bye-bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. 
So if you would like to try custom strings, go to tonemob.com slash stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.